Alrighty, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 498. And we are recording live on Tuesday, January the 5th. Happy New Year, everybody. How are you, Brianna? I'm good. It's a crisp, cool, but sunny blue sky day here and voting day in Georgia at that. So um, that's good. Happy New Year to you. Uh, You know, it's been, yesterday was like, tough going back to work I think it's just hard when you've been in the house and like you're still in the house there's not really a change but now you gotta get up and (laughs) make things happen again uh so just trying to get back into the swing of things this week but um yeah it's I am good and enjoyed some just relaxation and rest as much as I can with little kids at home over the holidays and you know thankful for another year Yes, let's hope that this year is better than last year um, and that uh, this pandemic, uh, you know, goes away and the vaccines work and whatnot. So, yeah, let's hope let's hope for a great year and a good, uh, you know, growth for our industry and uh, the companies that uh, that are in it. And um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm feeling positive, let's just say so. Let's see. There's hope. Um, so we have... Yeah, there's no other way to go, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so we have four stories, uh, as usual, that we'd like to cover off uh, this week. Um, and I'll just let Aubriana jump right into it. All right. Well, this is a story that is, I would say, like, so perfect for our industry um, and, you know, one where we have friends. Um, so Glimpse is teaming up with Crate and Barrel and uh, using their features and functionality to offer uh, some new easy shopping for Crate and Barrel customers. And so basically curbside uh, curbside pickup experience is, is available now if you're shopping on Crate and Barrel. You can just use all the Glimpse communication platform features, um, the mobile app, you know, the kiosks, and that's rolling out nationwide here in the U.S. So Basically, customers will get notified whenever their order is ready. It will give them instructions on how to pick it up. You know, think of kind of how you just do like the target pickup, drive into the the lane and and it knows that you're ready. Um, It can share their ETA, arrival status. You know, the store will bring the product straight to the customer and add more of like that real-time visibility, alerts, um, all of those things. And so it'll obviously efficiently, you know, help reduce some of those uh, operational costs, also potentially reduce time and uh, customers getting their orders and, you know, being able to go pick it up right away or the next day versus having to wait for things to ship. Um, And we all, I don't know, I don't know about there in Canada, but here in the States, we are all experiencing like crazy lags in um, any shipments that are happening. So, you know, I had boxes that were delivered like weeks you know, later than they were supposed to be. So I think that this is great. You know, I love that Glimpse, which is something that could be incorporated into basically any app or, you know, through the Glimpse app, um, is teaming up with a retailer. It just makes you know that, for example, like the Target offering, I use that all the time. Like I, you know, I love just to be able to like get in the car with my kids, not have to get out, not have to worry about any of that, you know, and somebody can just put the order right in my trunk. You don't have to worry about like 
exposure or anything. And it's just super easy. Um, you know, even pre pandemic, I used that offering all the time because it's like, Oh, I got to go to a birthday party. Let me get a quick toy and a gift bag. And it's just thrown in there. So I love this functionality that can be brought to maybe even smaller retailers through the glimpse offering. And I think that this is one of those predictions we had talked about at the end of the show, like more, uh, functionality, more consumer focused in the way that we behave now, uh, things that just help us uh, live more seamlessly and, and, and um, I don't know, the, the convenience factor. So I think this is awesome. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, I think it's a great move uh, for Crate and Barrel, um, you know, and uh, especially in sort of that kind of category of uh, product, service, furniture, uh, you know, generally, you know, larger items, um, you know, can, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you want to make sure that you time that sort of arrival pickup, you know, just right, because, you, you know, it, it's the kind of thing where you don't want to be, you know, waiting around, uh, or, you know, them having the, the stuff ready, and you're not there, and it's kind of sitting out, you know, um, you know, uh, to be to be put into a vehicle, or what have you. So I think sort of that timing aspect is, is, is really key. And, and the reality is, is the, the technology, as you pointed out, is is so now, um, you know, needed and pervasive uh, in the market in terms of, you know, just every restaurant, every retail business is it needs to have this kind of capability um, because people just aren't going into the stores. They're with the same frequency. Obviously, COVID has, has changed the game. Um, and I think, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, what we're talking about here from a tech point of view is very much, you know, sort of what Starbucks has been doing forever, uh, you know, with their with their own app of, you know, ordering and sharing your location in real time and, you know, indicating to the barista, you know, when you're getting close to start making your order and then having it ready and it's already paid for and all of that. And kind of just making that kind of service and, and that kind of uh, customer service sort of accessible to every every brand and every retailer out there. So I think uh, Glimpse has really done a great job of, of making the technology accessible um, and affordable. And um, I, I expect we're going to see a lot more retailers this year like Crate and Barrel take advantage of it. So yeah, I think it's a, a good move, good partnership, and uh, happy for, for both parties who are both LBMA members. So there you go. Um, all right, on to our, our second story. Um, so the, um, the, there's an app that I wasn't aware of, um, probably because I'm not in this demographic, but uh, an app called Vibe, V-Y-B-E. Um, and it's been booted off the Apple uh, App Store um, in recent days. Um, and it came as a result of exposure on a New York Times reporter named Taylor Lorenz uh, tweeted out about this app on December 29th saying that he couldn't believe it was out there and they were promoting uh, COVID unsafe uh, behavior. So essentially what the app is, is sort of an underground, um, you know, sort of uh, service to let you know where there's sort of large gatherings and parties happening, um, you know, in different apartments and venues around in, in I guess, New York and, and, you know, those types of markets. And so, like, if you're part of that sort of, you know, younger demographic, the, the social scene, you're, you're tired of uh, sitting around at home and being in isolation and lockdown, 
you know, this was kind of uh, a, a service that uh, was a bit underground that, uh, you know, you could find a party nearby and, you know, you know, based on your location and whatnot. Um, and so uh, they had done uh, a video and a TikTok and whatnot, this company called Vibe. And uh, they've since now said it was over the top and they, they're not they're not having unsafe parties, of course, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, like, I, I think good, first of all, good on, um, you know, the, the reporter first for pointing this out because, you know, like there are rules the government's asking people to follow. Um, and, uh, you know, like we need to be doing our best to do that. I mean, that's what you should be doing as a, as a, as a good citizen. And, uh, you know, and, and if there are folks trying to use technology and use location data and use services to try and skirt around that and, um, you know, create instances where, you know, there's opportunities for, you know, large scale gathering and, and spread of the virus and so on. That's not a good thing. So, um, you know, and, and real credit, I think, to uh, to the Apple uh, App Store uh, folks for, you know, pulling it off the, the marketplace and so on as well. You know, it, it does, you know, bring into question sort of the overall sort of, uh, you know, theme of, you know, here's an app, you know, what's, you know, what should be on, what shouldn't be on and so on. But I think, you know, when, when there's things that the government is saying, this is what we are expecting people to do. This is what the rules are in the city uh, or this state or this, you know, whatever, um, you know, we need to be following those. And I think the companies that are, have the ability to, to help enforce that, you know, need to step up as well. So I, I'm kind of fully on board with this. I don't know. I would love your thoughts. So I have some mixed feelings about this one it kind of made me think about like I don't know back in the day whenever moms would have like chicken pox parties and they'd be like hey my kid has chicken pox come on over let's just get it over with <laughs> all at the same time right like let's just all get chicken pox uh let our kids just do it at the same time you know expose them so that it's done um used to kind of be the theory back in the day uh except this isn't chicken pox we're talking about, right? So this is a little bit uh, more serious and something that, um, like you said, you know, there's there's a level of care that we should have as human beings and um, and and making sure that we we are doing what's best for other people, even if you aren't necessarily concerned for yourself. Um, and so I think that there's that's one perspective of it. What I do question, however, is I think that. It can be a slippery slope when you go through this, um, like, it's not necessarily just cancel culture, right? But when you go towards the uh, the aspect of, okay, we're going to like not allow you because we think what you're doing is wrong versus illegal, right? I think that there's a line there. And if it is obviously going against what uh, parameters have been set in place, maybe it's like, drug delivery or something, you know, illegal drug delivery, um, you know, then there's, I think there's cause for saying like, this should not be allowed and we're not going to be a platform that, that supports this or allows this. So I think that in this case, this is probably the right call made by not only the reporter and also Apple and App Store, be cognizant as as people, like what is, where's the line going to be and where do we decide what's, uh, where we're gonna set that. Um, but I am 100% for 
loving your neighbor and making sure that we're taking good care of one another. And part of doing that, I think is, um, you know, just making sure that we're being safe and not doing unnecessary things. So I'd love to see an app that just promoted like group parties without, you know, actually bringing people physically close together or illegally together or whatever it may be, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of other options here. You know, for example, I've been seeing a lot of ads for um, concerts here in Atlanta that are outdoors that are socially distant. And so they like have a cap on how many people can go and how they're spreading them out and they're outdoors. And um, I mean, I haven't attended one, but it's just, you know, people are obviously still trying to provide levels of entertainment and bringing people together and doing something that they enjoy, like listening to music um, with safety precautions in place. So, you know, there's opportunities, I think, for us to get creative and, um, you know, going around things and hacking things isn't anything new. So, Yeah, definitely agree with that. All right, so uh, on to our uh, our third story, which is more of a kind of a topic uh, for discussion this week. I'll let you lead that. Yeah, so you know what's been interesting is that because consumer behavior has drastically shifted in how we have made purchases, how we are constantly doing much more digital shopping. Now we've seen you know a slow rise in things like. Bitcoin and, and other uh, cryptocurrencies that have been, you know, sort of trying to make their way and, and become more mainstream. Um, but with that rise and that, that change in our behavior, we've also seen a big transition to more uh, fraud, right? More, more fraud happening. So we've seen more sophisticated fraud uh, with financial institutions and financial transactions through mobile and digital devices. Now, and so, um, you know, a, a recent article came out where it was a company called GeoGuard and um, GeoGuard and GeoComply, I believe, are both, uh, you know, the same company related and they focus on, on fraud prevention more for financial and banking institutions as well as for like online gambling and gaming. And, you know, they're just really bringing up to light some of the, um, again, the challenges that new legislation or privacy concerns put around fraud as well. And, you know, how should we be leveraging, for example, location data to fight fraud? So, you know, an example was like just how anti-money laundering provision uh, recently passed with the defense, defense spending bill here in the U.S. Senate, you know, and what does that mean in terms of like how we can fight that? Um, I don't have a good understanding of what all that entails at this point, but I'm sure that will come to light more. And also, you know, we've been seeing how consumers just have a better understanding in general um, about sharing location data. Some of it is privacy centric and privacy concerns uh, with everything that Apple has coming in, you know, through to the forefront here with IDFA deprecation and, and more uh, stringent rules and regulations around that. Um, you know, and then also just like, what are the shortcomings that we're looking at in, in digital identity fraud management, um, you know, and how can really, how can location play a role in that? So for example, I know that when I worked with Digital Envoy, Digital Element for many years, one of our you know, core functionalities was IP geolocation. And we worked with several banking and financial institutions to map out what we would call impossible travel. So if you log into your bank account and an hour later, you know, and you're in Atlanta, Georgia, and then an hour later, 
I log into my bank account and I'm in Toronto, Canada, then they're going to flag that, right? There's going to be certain things that happen in order for me to further authenticate my identity and say like, hey, why, you know, maybe you were coming through a VPN or, you know, there's certain things that you can certainly uh, flag and identify. So this isn't necessarily a new application here, but it's just saying that the fraud is rising. There's new concerns about sharing location and is geolocation an opportunity for further tightening on fraud uh, prevention? And I, my, my answer is yes, but I'd love to hear what you, you know, you think about this as well. Yeah, my answer is a definite yes. Um, I, I think the, as you pointed out, I, this isn't new, uh, you know, like banks and credit card companies have been using location data, you know, as a way to check against, uh, you know, potential fraud for some time. I, I think the reality is, is that, you know, what's sort of new or what needs to be part of the discussion is, you know, how do you weigh in, you know, sort of the privacy side of things? How do you weigh in uh, the changes in, you know, what's coming with the IDFA or the Google ad ID and so on, um, you know, around kind of that real time awareness of, of location data um, available through, you know, the app um, and what that means in terms of consent from the consumer and or at least awareness, you know, on, on the part of the consumer and so on. Right. Because I think uh, you know, you mentioned about the, uh, the IP location data. I think, you know, it's a very effective way, you know, in the same area, whether that's around credit card, you know, fraud or gambling or so on, you know, the, the same rules apply, the same type of, of use of the data applies. Um, and, and so I think here the, the challenge is, 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 you know, as we move into this new world and sort of that need for disclosure around uh, the consumer app interface piece, you know, is heightened. And, you know, Apple and Google are making those changes to to how they handle privacy. And there's this sort of always on, you know, sort of, you know, banner coming up or whatever saying your location is being shared right now. You know, that's, I, I think, good in, in many respects, you know, for the industry and, and for for the consumer public. Uh, I think from a you know, uh, a data provider point of view from a, a fraud uh, service provider point of view from, a, um, you know, advertising, you know, application point of view, you know, there, it creates many challenges, of course, right? So uh, just in, in, you know, limiting the amount of data that we have access to, to, you know, uh, how um, you can actually, you know, sort of work that into a mechanism that, serves both audiences uh, and, and does it in a way that, you know, is, you know, sort of uh, beneficial to, to both parties, right? So I think for, if you're the consumer, of course, you don't want, you know, your credit card, let's say, being used fraudulent, fraudulently. And I would say you, you would be happy to be notified if it was, right? Like, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't begrudge, you know, the few times when, you know, I get a phone call from American Express saying, you know, it looks like your credit card was used, you know, inappropriately here. Um, I'm quite thankful to get those phone calls. I mean, that is a, like a good customer service feeling thing that's going on. Um, so, you know, I think that's good. But the, the thing is, is that in order to facilitate that in this new world, um, you know, in, in the sort of most uh, beneficial way, they need access to, you know, to the apps and they need access to the data and your location and so on. 
And so there's that trade-off and it always comes back to, you know, what I say over and over again is, is that value exchange, right? That value exchange between, am I getting something that's helpful to me as a consumer and are they getting, you know, in order for them to provide that service to me, they need this data and I need to be okay with that because there's an exchange. And so whether that's fraud or advertising or what have you, I don't think it matters, but, um, I think that uh, there's definitely a role here, and I'm fully on board with with this use case. I, you know, but but I think there's there's that value exchange piece, and there's that need for proper disclosure uh, of and articulation of the use case. Yep, I agree. I like it. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, GeoGuard and the fraud world. Um, on to our final story now. Nike uh, is bringing the dressing room to your home. And, uh, you know, obviously, as we talked about in the first story uh, earlier on uh, about uh, the need for pickup and delivery and, and sharing data, you know, to be able to schedule that with Glimpse and Crate and Barrel, you know, one of the other things that's happening is because people aren't going into stores, uh, you know, there's more and more shopping online. And so how do brands, how do companies like Nike sort of you know, meet that demand and be able to service that client in an online world that maybe isn't physically coming into their store in a new way, in a way that, you know, can capture them, increase, you know, sales, basket size, and so on. And so one of the ways they're going about it is they've uh, teamed up or using a technology uh, from a company called Omnivore uh, that does holograms for retail. Um, and so they've got this new Nike virtual uh, feature um, that they're offering through Finish Line and JD Sports, uh, those two chains uh, initially. And so it's called the Nike Virtual View and it enables shoppers to select a hologram that matches their size and body type. Uh, and effectively, you can kind of virtually try on clothes for, for yourself in this sort of on this hologram. And, um, you know, it sounds kind of weird, um, you know, it sounds kind of like, you know, why would I do that? But the reality is, is what they found is people are, are, are doing it, people are embracing it, um, and they're getting fewer returns than they were before this. And almost half of the users uh, who have tried it and are using this hologram are using it more than once and buying, you know, additional items. Um, so. You know, obviously people are willing to embrace the technology. You know, they don't want to, you know, just order a thousand things and have to send them all back. Um, and so they're willing to kind of experiment with these with these new technologies. And I think, you know, sort of one of the positives coming out of this pandemic is this acceleration of digital technology and a willingness for brands to kind of jump into some areas that maybe they were, you know, a little hesitant to to explore. Uh, so things like AR and VR and holograms and these kinds of things that can help sort of replicate some of the experience that you could have in the physical world are starting to get some traction. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. I like the idea of being able to sort of envision what something would look like on you before you purchase it. I, I would say specifically more clothing wise than shoe wise for sure. Uh, but I think that it's important, you know, my husband, and I have this conversation a lot and it's like, you know, typically men's clothing is a little easier to shop for because, you know, things don't necessarily fit to form and there's like less of a concern about, um, 
you know, how things fit then with women, but it's really challenging. And, um, you know, somebody who I am not a fan of like going to the store and trying on a bunch of clothes, but I'm also really not a fan of having to rebox and reship things back. You know, I probably got like five or six things that need to be shipped back, you know, from holiday shopping that were purchases online. So it's just, it's not a convenient thing. Uh, so if there's ways to to minimize that, then I am all for it. Um, yeah. And I and I know that there there are there have been a lot of uh, technologies that try to help you better you know uh, figure out what size you are. For example, I was on I think it was like Madewell um, Clothers, and you know they they asked like what size fits you and which brand, and this is probably your size. Uh, so I went through all that, you know, bought the size they suggested it was still too big. So like, I'm still in the same, you know, in the same place. But I think that, you know, the hologram idea or looking at your body type or measurements, um, those things are always helpful. So I think that like, there's a lot of progress that can be made there. But what I like is that we're seeing some innovation um, in how we can kind of, uh, you know, bring this home and, and try things on where we're most comfortable. So. Yeah, good, good stuff. And good on Nike for, uh, you know, continuing to innovate and try new things. So that's our show for this week. Uh, you've been listening to episode number 498 of Location Weekly. We're inching that much closer to that big 500. Um, and of course, uh, we thank you for listening and watching. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, yet another show. Stay safe, everybody. Stay well. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.